Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Recorded live. Glory today, Lord. We give you honor. 
for God. Now, a hammer's purpose is to drive in nails. Now, you may use a hammer to do all kinds of things. You may use it, to, but the main purpose of it is to drive in nails. Chef Austin, what are you trying to get us to understand? The more we operate in our purpose, the more fruitful, the more abundant our lives will be, the more pleased God will be with us when we are doing exactly what we were created to do. There's nothing like doing what God created you to do. Now, you can be doing a lot of stuff. Now, we, we do a lot of stuff. We're human beings. We be into all kinds of stuff. But it's only when we do that which God has created, formed, and fashioned us to do that we can really experience the level of joy, the level of peace, the level of uh, intimacy with God that he desires, operating in our divine God-ordained purpose. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, we just finished our most recent topic entitled what? Satan's going to hit you with his words. You hit him back with God's words. I noticed that the downloads were up pretty consistent, pretty pretty high on that. I pray that uh, many of you all out there have been blessed. I think that was great revelation for some of you all. Some of you all have been trying to fight your battles with the adversary and with rulers, authorities, powers of this dark world and spiritual wickedness in high places using your own words and using your own strength. That mess don't work. You've got It's a supernatural war. It's a spiritual war. And you can't fight a supernatural or spiritual war with natural means. You've got to use supernatural weapons. And the word of God is the greatest supernatural weapon that you're going to find. We thank God for everything that he shared with us during that series. If you, you have not uh, listened to that series, I encourage you to, to go back and to do so, and uh, you're sure to hear something that is going to bless you real good. Uh, we're going to be moving on to something the Lord gave us uh, some time ago. And I don't even have the date on here as to when the Lord gave us this particular topic, but uh, I'm looking forward to see uh, what he has to say to the body of Christ regarding what do you do with your sin? God is asking us question. What do you do? Because what you and I do with our sin uh, can make the difference between salvation and damnation. What you and I do with our sin can make the difference between prosperity and poverty. What you do with your sin can, can have your life either on a very, very right track or a very, very wrong track. A very, very right path or a very, very wrong path. We're going to see various things that can be done with our sin, and we're going to find out uh, exactly what God wants us to do without sin, that we may prosper. What do you do with your sin? We're going to look at capital A in our outline. Conceals. Conceals it. Conceals it. We're going to take a look, children of God, at a very familiar portion of Scripture. From the book of Proverbs, chapter 28, with a very special focus on verse 13. Proverbs, chapter 28, very special focus on verse 13. From the New International Version, the Spirit of God speaks to us. 
says, he who conceals his sin does not prosper. But whoever confesses and renounces them finds or obtains mercy. Capital A, conceals, conceals it, conceals it. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' mighty name we pray. We thank you today, Father, for another beautiful day that you have made. We thank you for allowing us the privilege to see this another day. We thank you for provisions, protection, for finances. Father, we thank you for health, strength, life, so, so many things that you give to us on a daily, hourly, minute, secondly basis, Father, we don't want to uh, overlook uh, how good you are and how uh, fortunate we are that you are doing the things for us that you do. We appreciate you, Father. We just want to let you know that um, though we haven't been all that we should be as children, as sons, as daughters, you have been more than you should be towards us. We appreciate you, Father. We ask that you'll speak, that you'll take these words that were written thousands of years ago, show us relevance, Father, show us insight and knowledge concerning the day and the generation, the time in which we live in, that we may better do your good, pleasing, and perfect will. We trust, Father, that as we touch and agree in the name of Jesus Christ, as your people have come together uh, in the four corners of the earth, that you will do these things for us in his precious name we pray. Amen and amen. Capital A conceals his sin. Now, God says, Robert, immediately, first thing you need to understand is that my people need to understand that nothing is concealed from me anyway. Okay? So 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 God said let's 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 get that straightened out so you don't really think that you are concealing your sin from me. God says I see everything just like I know everything in the same way I can do everything that I want to do. God says you're not concealing your sin from me. Now God is speaking when the scripture talks about he who conceals his sin is speaking more in regards to uh, motive than actuality. All right? The scripture is speaking more in regards to what? Motive. In other words, you're trying to hide your sin. Now, my spirit goes to Adam. After he had been uh, led astray by the adversary, the next thing he tried to do when God came on the scene was hide amongst the what? The trees. Now, he wasn't really hiding from God, but he thought he was. He thought he was hiding. Now, you say, Apostle, what's the importance there? See, the adversary had already tricked him, had already deceived him, had already led him astray. You know, he, he he believed somehow that he was going to be able to eat from that fruit and and not die. He he, some that you know the adversary convinced him of that. You say, Apostle, ah, that's ridiculous. It, it should be clear. Well, it should be clear to you all out there on the sound of my voice that if you don't live for God, you're going to die and go to hell. That should be clear. God said that too. 
Same way God told Adam that if he eats from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, in the day that he eat of it, he will surely die. Well, God had told individuals, that they're telling individuals today, that unless you are saved, then you're going to die and end up in hell. God's saying the same thing. God, God, God said, look, brother, I wasn't lying to Adam, and I'm not lying to you all today. God said, I'm not lying. So it, it was foolish for Adam not to have believed God, however many years ago that was, and it's foolish for men and women today not to believe God. It's foolish. Just, just keep in mind. Now, we, we're, talking, we're talking about, you know, it, it's foolish for us as, as God's created beings. We're God's created beings. God, God sat down, thought us up, and put us together. Much like, you know, uh, uh, I'm looking outside, I look at that Nissan Murano out there. Just like the Nissan scientists and engineers, they sat down, thought it up, put it together. Drew it up, then got the parts together, put it together, and made it. Same way God did us. Same way. Now, you, you, you sound ridiculous if you look right out there at your car and say, it's a Nissan Murano. Or oh, it's a uh, Chrysler Sebring, and instead of you believing that the Nissan people made the Nissan Murano, you believe that it, it, uh, it just came from nowhere. Nowhere? Or an alien made it. And it got, it got Nissan stamped on it just as, as, just as big as life. You look even more ridiculous out there thinking that God didn't create us. You look ridiculous. You sound ridiculous. You got Nissan stamped on it just as big as life. Chrysler. You don't believe that your Chrysler car was made by the Chrysler Corporation. You're going to take it to Toyota to try to get it straightened out. Well, that's how ridiculous we look. Here we are created in the image and likeness of God with spirit, soul, and body. Now, you know, your, your little scientists, your little eggheads, your little characters who have, have, have got themselves just educated enough to get themselves deceived by the adversary into believing and to thinking that God does not exist. Let me see you keep your human spirit in your body after God decides to take it out. See, what, what got us up walking around and got us talking and got us able to see each other and talk to each other and operate with it, God says, because I've got your, I let your human spirit remain in your body one more time. There's individuals that went to sleep last night, their human spirit the breath of life was taken out of them. Now their soul and their body is found in another place. See, we, we take for granted. See, if you're not careful, you take things for granted. The prodigal, my spirit goes to the prodigal son. I don't know why the Lord keeps taking me back to him. This character in the father's house, he had certain things. Give me some things he had in the father's house. Just, just off, just all right, one of, the, one of the things, said there was some food in the Father's house. All right, he had food or provisions. What else? Well, that's the main thing. One of the things said he had people that love him. He had provisions. He had people that love him. What else did he have? He had provisions. He had people that loved him. And what else? I mean, I'm even, I'm even trying to think. Oh, what else? All right, security. That had run through my, my spirit as well. All right, well, here's the thing. When he jumped out there and went on his peewee little great adventure, 
and ran off to that distant land, squandered his wealth and, and different things. He come to find out that those things that he had taken for granted were now uh, not the easiest of things to achieve and to have and to get. He found he had to find that out the hard way. You say, Apostle, what's the message here? What is he trying to get us in thing? See, some of us take for granted that our spirit and our soul and our body is all together. In his father's house, he had security, he had provisions, he had love. It was all together. When he got out there on his great adventure, he couldn't find none of them. He couldn't find the people didn't love him. He didn't have any kind of security, and he didn't have any kind of provisions. Well, you know, we got our spirit, we got our soul, we got our body. God has kept them together one more time. You mess around and die and end up in hell. Your spirit is now gone back to God. You don't have no more contact with that. Your soul and your body, your, 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 your natural body is in the earth somewhere. We're going back to the dust of the earth. You got some kind of body down there, you know, and your soul, which is your thoughts and your memories and your, your consciousness, the you part of you, the individual unique part of you, here it is now here. You didn't appreciate it when it was all together. You didn't use it properly when it was all together. Now you find stuff all scattered in different places. You find stuff, you, you find your spirit in a place that you wish you could be now because it's going back to God, but you can't. Now your soul and your body is in a place that you wish it wasn't, in a lake of fire and burning sulfur. There's the beast right over there. There's the false prophet over there. And there's the devil getting ready to come soon. See, a lot of times, you know, you, you, you don't want to, when things are together, you want to appreciate and, and understand that, you know, things uh, don't always have to be together. You mess around, you have a husband, have a good husband, have a good wife. You know, don't appreciate him, don't appreciate her. Mess around, divorce or separate. Now, you know, you're sitting there wishing you had your husband back. Wishing you had your wife back. Didn't appreciate why they was there. Now look at what God tells us. He who conceals his sins does not prosper. Now look at that. Now, now you trying to now, now. So we already understand that you're not hiding anything. You're not concealing anything from God. Concealment in context is more, more in line with what you're trying to do, not so much in what you did. Much, and God says, give them this, Robert. God says, give them this. We do understand that the Roman soldiers didn't kill Jesus. We do, we do, we, we're clear on that. You can't kill God. All right? Huh? He gave up. The ghost. He said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. In other words, they could have beat him, they could have slapped him, they could have put crowns of thorns on his head all for, for they'd have still been doing it. And if he had not decided to tell his spirit to leave his body, then it would have never left. He'd have been on he could have been on a cross preaching and talking to people, one of the saints saying. But Christ, the Messiah, 
told his spirit, showing that he was in complete control even with all of what they were doing. They didn't force him to die. Jesus said, no man takes my life, but I lay it down. He told his spirit, leave my body. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Spirit going back to the Father now. Spirit said, okay, let me go. Then three days later, spirit going back in that body. Went right back in the body. Spirit said, okay, went back in the body. Now, truth of the matter is, Jesus killed himself in a natural body. He's the one that told his spirit to leave his natural body. Well, when the spirit leaves the body, the body is dead. Well, who told it to go? Did the Roman centurions? Did the Roman soldiers? Did Pilate? Uh-uh. They didn't make Jesus' spirit go. Now, they might can kill us. They might can kill us. Jesus didn't die until he decided to die. Jesus didn't die until he chose to die. And Jesus rose again from the dead when he chose to rose again from the dead. So we, we got that. So when the scripture talks about they killed Jesus, you know, by nailing him to a tree, they're talking more about what they were trying to do, not so much what they did. Just like when we talk about, you know, Adam hid from God amongst the trees. Now, it won't like God was like, where you at, Adam? I, I don't know where. I, like Adam was playing hide and go seek with God. God, uh-uh. God knew exactly where Adam was. But his motive was to try and hide from God. The motive of the, the Jews, the motive of the Roman soldiers was to kill our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Individuals whose motive is to try and hide their sins. Try to, try, to, try to keep that like, you know, that Bible says does not prosper. So now, those of you that wonder, Apostle, are you a prosperity teacher? Of course I am. Of course I am. The Bible says, again, that prosperity is a reward for the righteous. The Bible says in another place, it's God's will that we prosper and be in good health, even as our soul prospers. God wants us to prosper. Now, am I a materialism teacher? No. Am I a mammon? Am I a mammon teacher? No. But prosperity, pro- listen, prosperity is so much more than material things. Prosperity is much, much more than material things. You can have $2 in your pocket and have the joy of the Lord in your heart. Or you can have $200,000 in your pocket and no joy of the Lord in your heart and be miserable. Now, the one that has the $2 in his pocket and the joy of the Lord in his heart, that's the one that's prospering. That's the one that's prospering. So when we look here at he who conceals his sin or he who's trying to hide his sin, he who's trying to, to behave like he has no sin or that his or her sin does not exist, the Bible says will or does not prosper. But see, when, when you're trying to conceal your sin, you know, for whatever reason, whatever the adversary has convinced you in your little mind that you're trying to conceal your sin, well, what happens is what you really do is you are trying to make God out to be a lie. See, this is why the scripture says in, in, in 1 John, it talks about if any man claims he has no sin, he what? He deceives himself and the truth is not in it. 
If any man claims, he, why? Well, why? Why? You're claiming you have no sin, but then here's God over here on the other hand saying, yes, you do. You're lusting at times. Yes, you do. You don't obey me at times. Yes, yes, you do. You covet your neighbor's ox. or your co- yeah, God be saying, yes, you do. And you be saying, no, I ain't got no sin. I ain't got no sin. Then the Bible says you deceive yourself. Because instead of believing God, you have chosen to believe the adversary. And so now you're trying to make God out to be a lie. So God be saying, all right, then, since, since you, you want to try to make me out to be a lie, then I won't be here with you. He who conceals his sin, I mean, who, whoever, uh, if any man claims he has no sin, first of all, he deceives himself, and the truth is not in him. Now, the God, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. That's what he is. He's the, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So that means that God is not with you with that nonsense you're talking about. You have deceived yourself right onto a place where God has left you in that place. So he who so how are you gonna prosper? How how is anybody gonna prosper without God? The reality is you can't. Does not matter what your little bank account says, it does not matter what your little four oh one K, your little retirement, it does not matter, you know, from what it does not matter. Without God, prosperity, true prosperity is an impossibility. Because all you are is one accident from hell. One car accident, you know, one plane accident, you know, one uh, one sickness, one accident, one accident in the hospital. They give you the wrong injection, and you die and go right straight to hell. You cannot prosper without God. Not true prosperity. Now, there's a form of prosperity. Now, I always understand, children of God, that that whatever exists, there's a form of it. So we don't get that down. What? Whatever exists, there's a form of it. Bible talks in, in uh, I think it's 2 Timothy chapter 4, about in the last days, men and women will have a form of godliness. Now, that's what I want to, that's what I want to caution you all about, especially in this generation that I find myself living in. A lot of men and women have a, the Bible says they will have a form of godliness, but they would deny the power. You know, and basically what a form of godliness is, it's like hypocrisy. You got characters come on TV, they're not doctors, but they're acting like it. You got characters saying they do a pretty good job. I mean, you know, what normally what we say when we say we've seen a good movie, that means that we have seen a good lie. We have seen a lie that has convinced us. I like Game of Thrones. Why do I like Game of Thrones? Because I have sat right here and got my little self convinced that there's some mythical land where there's four or five people that's fighting for the throne of some the iron to some iron throne and that there's really dragons. I done sat right there and it's a good lie. Why is it we look at some movies and we say, oh man, that's a sorry movie? Why? Because they didn't do a good job of convincing us of that lie. Normally. Or oh, that's too stupid. You remember Sharknado? Even though it was so stupid, we don't believe no 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 sharks are gonna be flying around in no no, no tornado. But for some reason, that movie kind of kind of took off. But basically, what we saying when we saying we like a movie, it's a good lie. We can see, you know, our little minds can see that being a reality, or we can we can we visualize our, ourselves being in that place and and doing some of the things 
that we see being done. You know, a lot of times a good movie, good lie, good lie, is, is when, you know, we can see the behavior of the people in that movie is pretty close to what real people, real people would do. A lot of times we watch a movie, oh, man, that's a sorry movie. Why? Because people doing stuff that wouldn't normally do. Come on now. Now, let me, let me get this straight now. We just, we just heard a, a, a growl. We just, we, just, we, just, we just drove our car, and we found ourselves going down an abandoned road, and we see, a, we see a, a, a shack there with a light on it. We're not going to be sitting there tomorrow. Man, I think I'm going to get out, and I'm going to go to the shack to, to see if anyone is there and mess around and go into the shack and get chopped with a chainsaw. Come on now, we ain't go, who going to do that? But when it's stuff that people, that we might would do, man, that's a good movie. That's a good movie. It's a good lie. It's a good lie. You know, we, we went down years ago, you know, and I, and I remember this here. We went down to uh, Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida years ago. Ride the Jaws ride. Right? Now, I already got a, a fear of sharks, a little, little lightweight fear of sharks, you know. But got on the Jaws ride, and, the, you know, we know that it's not explosions going on, and we know that there's no uh, 25-foot shark out there. But uh, they get you in line, and they start showing you, you know, old-timey fishing, fishing stuff, and they take you in, and they put you on a fishing boat, and they, the, the captain is, is – and, I mean, you feeling like you really out there, and then that boat act like it's crashing in the water, and I'm sitting right over there on the left side. I'll never forget it. And the boat act like it's tilting over, and the shark is – and here come the big mechanical shark up out of the water coming right straight at me with mouth open. I know it's not real. <laughs> but it, feel, it, it, it convinced me pretty good that, that uh, it was close enough. It was a good lie. It was a good lie. You say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to stand? What are you saying to us? What I'm saying to you is that we don't want our Christianity, we don't want our worship to be a good lie. We don't want our worship to be a good lie. That's why the Lord said, not everyone who cries, Lord, Lord, will enter into my kingdom. There will be many who have cried, Lord, Lord. Have we not prophesied in your name? In your name drove our demons, and in your name performed miracles and wonderful works. And the Lord will tell him plainly, depart from me, you work of iniquity. I don't know you. I never knew you. What has happened? A lot of times individuals worship. Individuals' relationship or so-called relationship with God has been a good lie. We don't want that. We don't want that. Well, one of the ways you can tell whether you're working with a good lie or whether you're working with... Because, again, anything in creation, you can have a form of it. You can have godliness or you can have a form of godliness. You can have a relationship with God or you can have the appearance of a relationship with God. You can have love or you can have uh, uh, fake love, false love, anything, anything, you know. There are characters out there in this world that, that wait for something good to be made so they can make a knockoff. Wait for a Rolex watch to get made. Wait for the latest Rolex to roll off, roll off the assembly line so they can go out and make a rock, a watch that look like it. 
individuals out there that wait for Ralph Lauren or, or, or Yves St. Laurent to come out with a new fashion so that they can make a knockoff, make one that look like it. Make one that look like it. There's, there's folk like that. There's some, some folk that do that kind of thing in, in, in Christianity. Wait for a real apostle or a real prophet to preach a message or to teach on a particular thing so they can go and make a knockoff. We don't want our faith. We don't want our walk with God. We don't want our experience with God to be a knockoff. Now, I might wear some knockoff shoes. I might wear some knockoff trousers. You know, but I don't want my faith. I don't want my relationship with God to be a knockoff. We don't want a form of godliness. We want real godliness. We don't want a form of worship. We want real worship. We don't want a form of love. We want real love. You know, I was in one one store the other day, had to pay pay for something. Gave the the girl I don't know, the $20 bill. First thing she did, as soon as she took them, she looked at it, and she put it down. She took a special writing utensil. I don't know what it was. I don't know. And she wrote on it, you know, because, you know, she had to test the authenticity of it. Understand that whatever you got going in your, your church, whatever you got going in your worship, whatever you got going in your supposedly walk with God or relationship with God, it's going to be tested. And it's going to be tested by fire. The Bible says that fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, then basically the scripture let us know all well and good. But if not, see, that's one of the ways, one of the first things they find out if some stuff is real gold or not. But that's what, if that burn all the pieces there and went all because it might have put some fire to it, then that won't real go. That won't real. It just wasn't real. Concealing sins let you know we're not dealing with what's real. And God says, I, I, I know how to, to put a stop to that. Just keep you from prospering. Whoever conceals his sins does not prosper. Now, we want to prosper. We want to, we want to grow. And we talked about this so many times here. We got some plants here and some fake plants here in the church building that I got about the same time one neighbor of mine planted some real plants. They were about the same size, about six feet, about six feet. And when he, he gave, in fact, he gave me two of those real trees, and I planted them. But when we did some some renovating here, I had to uh, to dig them up. But they those real trees that a neighbor had when they first planted them, they were about the same size as these fake plants. Some of you all that are watching us through uh, YouTube, you can see I got these two fake plants behind me in the camera. Well, this was what eh, 25, 30 years ago, you know. Well, they were the same size when then. You know, but these fake plants, they still, 
by the same side. But those real plants that the neighbor, you know, had planted next door, and I had even planted one or two of them, they are now about 40, 50 feet, 30, 40, you know, I don't know. They way up there. Well, what, what has happened? They were real. See? And real stuff grows. Real stuff expands. Real stuff changes. Our relationship, our walk with God, our Christianity is supposed to be real. It's supposed to be growing. You know, you out there under the sound of my voice, and I've shared this with you all many times. If you are listening to me and you are listening to this broadcast and you are watching this, and you are not growing in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I encourage you, stop it. Stop wasting your time. Stop wasting your time. See? Because if you if you're up under this ministry that God has given me, you're up under the the, the 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 giftings that God has given me and the, and the ministry that God has given me, and you're not growing. I'm gonna help you identify the problem. Either something's wrong with what I'm talking about, something is wrong, or something is wrong with uh, how you're receiving what I'm talking about, or something is wrong with both. If you're not growing, if you're not if you're not developing, if you're not uh, receiving revelation, receiving insight, if it's not helping you get closer to God, understand the things of God, understand the kingdom of God. Something's either wrong with what I'm talking about, how you're receiving what I'm talking about, or wrong something wrong with both of us. Now, if I'm your personal trainer in weights and, and, and uh, uh, you know, to get, help get you in shape, Come all in, all out of shape. And you're doing what I'm telling you, and you don't see no increase, no improvement in your body. You don't see yourself getting stronger. You don't see yourself getting bigger. You don't see no little muscles develop. You don't, then, then you something's wrong with, with either what I'm talking about, or how you're receiving what I'm talking about, or both. But there should be improvement. God never intended for relationship our relationship with him to be stagnant. God has always got something new and fresh and different slant, a different way of looking things that help open our eyes, help open our eyes. I, you know, I don't even know who this brother or sister was, but one of the, and I think, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kind of spitballing here. I think it was one of our white brothers and sisters that, that tunes into the broadcast. Yesterday they came in, in the room on talk show, and all they did was put a link, and then they left. Yeah, I saw it. I saw it. I was like, man, what is this? And they, what the link was, I clicked on the link, and I knew I was going to have to preach on it because, I, I, you know, I've been talking with one of the saints about this just about all day because the thing messed me up. I went on the link, and what the link was showing was different cases around the country where our black brothers and sisters have been attacking our white brothers and sisters. Mobs of angry blacks and attacking the family of whites here. And, you know, the article was talking about how that, you know, parts of the article was how come this is not getting nationwide attention? Now, everybody's all in, up in arms about the, the, the white police officer that threw down the, the teenage girl 
at the swimming pool party up in I think what in Texas or something. But what you know this 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 thing did, and, and Saint I encourage you to, to do the same. Go type in your computer about uh, uh, groups of blacks that's attacking white folk, our white brothers and sisters. And one of the articles I read, they were asking the question, you know, one young girl who got stabbed 11 times, some black, black kid stabbed 11 times right on, the, on the front of her, right in front of her house, stabbed her 11 times, almost killed her. She was coming home from McDonald's, and he stabbed 11 times. The mother heard the young daughter screaming outside. She ran downstairs, young black male, took off running somewhere. And the question was being asked in this article, where is, where is Al Sharpton on this? Where is President Obama going to stand up on his soapbox and, and say something about this? And what I was dealing with, you know, because the thing kind of shook me up. I went to reading all of these accounts all across the country, and I'm like, how come CNN is not talking about this? How come Fox is not talking about this? How come this is not in, the, in, the, in all, in all the, the major? And, you know, one of the accounts was, you know, one black uh, uh, motorcycle gang down in Alabama had attacked the family. Run the family. They driving, kicked up some dirt on one of the one of the motorcycle guys. They chased him down, got him out of the car, start beating him stuff. And and the question was, you know, the family tried to go to uh, the news, the local news, and report this. And they told him this was not newsworthy. You said, Pastor, what you driving at? If it's newsworthy when whites do terrible things to blacks then it's newsworthy when blacks do terrible things to white. So whoever that brother or sister is that put that link in, may God bless you. Thank you. It helped it help over my, over my eyes to some things. Because, see, we sit here and we watch stuff on TV. We watch the, national, you know, the nationwide news or worldwide news on TV. And if we're not careful, we think this thing is only working. One way. Ah, oh, white folk is attacking on us. Black lives matter. Well, guess what? White lives matter, too. I hear you, brother, or whoever you is. You're exactly right. White lives matter. And that's what I'm hearing them saying in the spirit. White lives, white lives, uh, lives matter, too. All lives matter. I don't, even know who, I don't even know who the brother or the brother or sister was. They just put the, they came in the chat room, said hi, put the, put the link, and left. I don't know who it was. But but it, it, it was revel, revelatory to me. It was revelatory. You know, we've talked so many times here on this broadcast how that, that prejudice, racism, it's a work of the flesh. In other words, it's, it's something that the devil is telling, telling people to do. Well, we shouldn't be so blind as to think as African Americans that the devil is only telling our white brothers and sisters do crazy stuff to us. Because the devil is telling our black brothers and sisters do crazy things to them. And the only cure, and I go back to this, and I'm going to preach this here until, until somebody stop me, the cure for racism in America is not another policy or procedure or another some kind of, uh, 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 some kind of program, but the cure for racism in America is sincere salvation and obedience to the Holy Spirit of God. That's the only thing going to do it for us. The only thing going to do it for us as far as adultery. Obedience to the Spirit of God. Only thing gonna do it for us as far as fornication. You no know, fornication is illegal. And a lot of, if I'm not mistaken, I want to go back and check that. I heard that or read that somewhere. Fornication is really illegal. Not nobody is, you know, ain't nobody kicking in doors and 
trying to catch people like the pants down. But it, it, to my understanding, I'm going to go back and check that. But the cure, the cure for sin, sin has always been the problem, and the cure has always been obedience to God. Whatever the sin, whatever the sin, obedience to God will cure it. Ah, Apostle, what are we going to do about racism? Listen to God. Ah, Apostle, what are we going to do about the young, young people getting, having sex out of wedlock? They teach them to listen to God. Apostle, what are we going to do about the, you know, the problem with uh, homosexuality in America? Tell people, teach people to listen to God. Because if you don't listen to God, you're going to do some of any kind of thing anyway. All of us will. Anytime we don't listen to God, we're doing something crazy. We're doing something crazy. Let's go on and finish this up. So how we gonna, what are we going to do with sin, Apostle? What are we going to do with sin? Confess it and renounce it, which is simply listening to God, right back to listening to God. Sin, whoever conceals his sin, try, trying to conceal his sin. Now, now, watch this now, because that's basically what many media and news outlets have been doing with this racism thing. They've been taking the cases when it's some whites that have done some white police officer or whites that have done something against blacks and publicize that, blow that up. Oh, that's all over the place. But then when our white brothers and sisters getting attacked, getting brutalized, getting victimized, they tell them, that's not newsworthy. Nobody want to hear that. Well, I do. I do. I want to know what's on the other side of the coin. Don't just keep telling me heads, 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 heads on the head side of it. What's on the tail side? What's on the tail side? Wise man told me, my grandfather, as a young Christian, he said, son, look, most anything that will work right, it will work left. Anything that will turn to the right, most anything that will turn to the right side, it will turn to the left side. Think about a doorknob. Normally you turn the doorknob on, you turn it back the other way. Water, water, uh, turn it one way, then turn it the other way to turn it off. But most things, most things. In other words, yes, we got a problem with with uh, our, our whites as far as racism, you know, mistreatment toward blacks. But then God say, yes, you have a problem with racism or blacks mistreatment of whites. Yes, as well. So let's don't let's don't let's don't get too one sided here now. Let's don't go in the weight room and do a whole bunch of curls with our right arm and then our left arm looking like a little boy and our right arm. You know that commercial. <laughs> the Starburst commercial. Saints, we're going we can ready to close out, but we, we praise God for each other. Your brother or sister, whoever it was that uh, dropped that link, God bless you, and uh, may heaven continue to smile on you. What do you do with your sin? Capital A, conceal it is not the way. Because you're not really concealing it anyway. See, none of us are. We're not concealing our sin. You know, we might be fooling ourselves or tricking ourselves, but God sees everything. God knows everything. Let's go ahead on and confess that stuff and uh, and renounce it. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, again, we thank you today, Father, for your word, your inspiration, your unction. We pray, Father, that your people have been edified at the teaching of your word today. We pray that souls have been saved. Individuals have become believers in your only begotten son, Jesus Christ. Father, we ask that you lead and guide us continually in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake, that we may become the people, the nation, the royal priesthood, the chosen generation that you desire. Father, as you do these things for us, we'll be very careful to give your name 
which is above all other names, all the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. You can reach us through email at thechristianchurch at gmail.com. Check our website at www.archurch.com backslash member backslash t backslash tccc. Feel free to join us on Talk Show, Spreecast, YouTube, and iTunes at 9 a.m. 6 p.m. daily. A talk Show call 724-444-7444 and try ID 17959. A Spreecast, type in Robert Bryan on YouTube and the Christian Center Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryan on YouTube. Donations should be sent by using the donation button on the church website or our talk show homepage. God bless you and heaven smile you in Jesus' name, amen. This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash... Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. 